broadcasting around the world. This is the Hard Asset Money Show. Your wealth, your money, your future. Serious talk about what's happening and how you can profit. Live in three, two, one. Okay, everybody, welcome back. This is Christian Briggs, the host of the Hard Asset Money Show. Today, we're going to be talking about what's going on in Europe, and it's not good. Summer of 2007, Greece started to have massive cracks in its credit, and there were systematic runs on the banks. Italy became number two in 2007. Well, guess what? They're back. Stay tuned. We've got a show for you that's going to make everybody's butt pucker a bit here today because the credit crisis of Europe, which spread across the world, it's back. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Hard Asset Management. We have the guaranteed lowest prices on all precious metals and rare coins. Call us at 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. Welcome back, everybody. This is Christian Briggs. In today's show, we're going to talk about how history repeats itself. First, when you have liberal fiscal policies where anything goes, money's free, spend as you want, don't worry about paying it back, maybe sometimes ever, you're going to have massive inflation. You're going to have massive debt. You're going to have massive amount of people doing things they just can't afford. Liberal fiscal policies do not work. If it did, then everybody would have nothing because we'd all be slaves to debt and we can't pay the debt back. So they do not work. Let's talk about how good they work. So here we go. 2007, it is all back again. 2008, we're not there yet, but we're darn close, and it's going to be 100 times worse, everybody. So once again, the ECB, the European Central Bank, the Federal Reserve of the European Union of 13 countries, has a crisis on its hands as the 10-year bond rates in Europe widen relative to the German bonds. Right now, what we're looking at is the ECB policy makers are pretty much not just alarmed. I want to I use something that's a little bit more uh, tactical in my words here, but let's just say they're crapping bricks right now. And the head of the ECB is being asked, we're going to have to bail out the banks in Italy and Greece already. The widening spreads have the ECB alarmed, according to Bloomberg. An article that was published this week has ECB policymakers are asking Lagarde to be tough on fragmentation, which is what is inspiring the call to action. So we all know what happened in 2007. Remember that? We basically had a credit crisis that spilled over to Western and Eastern Europe, and then it made its way over to North America, Australia, New Zealand, and the entire global world, with the exception of China. Now, <clears throat> China had its act together. They were actually being able to weather the storm. Now, we all know China has some serious credit problems themselves from a number of different factors, and not just COVID, but they're overspending. We now what we're looking at is that Italy and Greece their debt, the rates that they pay on their debts have gone from a minuscule, not <clears throat> negative rates, but very close to zero, half a percent, one percent. Well, they have spiked through the roof. Rates went up exponentially overnight on Tuesday this week. And now all of a sudden we have a massive widespread 
credit issue with the rates on Italy and Greece debt spiking through the roof. So the European Central Bank policymakers this week have asked President Christine Lagarde to use stronger language to signal that fragmentation won't be allowed to happen and that borrowing costs of more vulnerable countries like Italy and Spain will be contained. This is exactly what happened in 2007. Greece had a run on the bank. Germany, Spain, France, UK, all the other countries that were part of the EU back then had to come to the rescue of Greece. Why? Because Greece lied. They gave a substantially lower debt number when they joined the EU. Then you had the subprime credit crunch. That didn't really happen until 2008 here. They were first in 07 to lead the credit crunch or what we call the run on the banks, which ultimately led to a 60% drop in some of the stock markets around the world, which by the way, is not too far in the distant futures, it sounds like based on some analyst warnings here recently. And the analytics behind some of these analysts are very sound. In other words, their numbers that they're coming up with were the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, and other uh, equity indexes, including bonds, of course, with raising interest rates. It's going to be horrific, according to what I've been reading lately. So buyer beware, as we say. So the central bank policymakers now are so freaked out and scared. In fact, the ECB is alarmed, according to the Bloomberg article, the European Central Bank, that's the Federal Reserve of, of the European market, is alarmed. Now, the word alarm does, I don't want to say never gets used, but it's rare. They use the word alarmed, concerned, watchful, steady, uh, almost um, kind of a, a low emotion is what they'll try to try to project when when they're talking about things not to get people riled up the word alarmed you pretty much just basically said fire uh we're in a theater and there's a fire so we've got a problem here so what they're saying right now is that they're trying to contain the spillover in other countries like spain france portugal all these countries are massively in debt through a socialism or socialistic type economy where the taxation is so high and maybe a third of the people just don't work. So you're dependent upon one third to two thirds of the people. Well, there's a lot of borrowing that has to go in and to subsidize a socialist type economy, which never has proven to work in long term because people always get hurt when you do this because they buy bonds or they buy stocks. And next thing you know, these stocks and bonds retreat by 30, 40, 50%. So they end up giving back everything they made over 10 or 15 years because it's what they call a debt-driven economy. So Lagarde has said many times that the Central Bank of Europe won't allow financial conditions across the euro area to diverge significantly and is ready to do whatever is needed to avoid it. Okay, so let's talk about what they did in 2007, 2008, 9, and 10. It took about four years to stabilize the global markets, during which, of course, gold ran up double, triple, silver went up, platinum went up, palladium went up. What went down? Bonds. Some went to zero. I mean, they were government bonds. They went to zero. Literally, European treasuries went to zero in some cases. Now, not... Every bond went to zero, but why would you want to take the risk? Especially when you're in an increasing interest rate environment, which destroys the value of bonds in a lot of cases, or certainly 
severely hurts them at the very least. Two, equities, you're going to have massive missing of earnings by publicly traded companies and private companies for that matter, but publicly traded is where it can be hurtful because why will we have our money in stocks? And the last thing is real estate. See, what, what people don't realize, I'm going to make it very clear, since 1981, we have been in a interest drop environment. In other words, interest rates have been going down, okay, since 81, 82, 83, when Reaganomics started kicking in after the disaster that Jimmy Carter did, which was one of the worst economies in history until now. So the current administration is, is definitely going to set some records with its policies, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter how one tries to govern until that way of which govern hurts people. We all give everybody a chance, right? I want to make this clear. We give people a chance to be able to do the right thing for the, for the majority of the people. Right now, what we've got here is an administration that is pushing forward with something in a limited amount of time to be able to do a lot of the renewable energy that they want to do in a period or a timeline that is not conceivable. Unless you are going to, I won't say ultimately destroy the entire economy, but you're going to do a severe amount of damage. Damage that may not be fixable for years. Things that are going to hurt certain asset classes, which now is experiencing this exact problem in Europe. And other asset classes will benefit from this. So as we start to understand what is about to happen, in other words, it's already happening to some degree, but we're still in the first stages of it happening, so there's still time to pivot and react. But what they're saying is happening in Europe right now with the 10-year sovereign bond spread over Germany, we literally have seen massive spikes in interest rates exactly like we saw in the summer and fall of 07 coming into early 08 in the early winter of 08 and then we know where that went that went straight over into the north america it went into eastern europe and before you knew it summer and fall of 08 we were seeing the stock market drop up to 60% over a period of time at one point within that year and then early into 09 the hard asset money show will be right back after a word from our sponsor Green energy demand should turbocharge silver prices to $200 an ounce, according to many experts around the world. Silver in 2020 rose nearly 48%, beating the S&P by double, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Call now and get your free Hard Asset Management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. So now what they're saying is the ECB, again, the Central European Central Bank, has to control and contain the fear. Here's the problem. Back then, they could lower interest rates, which would bring cash back in the market. They could inject cash, whether it was through printing and or lowering of interest rates to stimulate the economy by allowing credit to be super cheap so people can buy homes, cars, boats, planes, trains, whatever it is, knock yourself out. But guess what? You can't raise rates and drop rates at the same time. You have massive inflation, which hasn't been around for over 40 years. And, and believe me when I say this, there's been a lot of analysts that have said, we are about to have the highest interest rates, the highest rates of inflation. 
with the most amount of damage that can be done to an economy in the next few weeks, few months. And it's coming. We're probably already there. It just hasn't what they call printed yet. In other words, it hasn't shown its ugly, ugly numbers yet, but it's coming. So now how do you contain a credit crunch runs on the bank? Sovereign debt of Europe is basically becoming worthless. It's dropping like a rock. It's already now showing massive amounts of fear and people are dumping this debt in Europe because rates are going up. So they don't want those bonds because look, bottom line is, if a country can't pay its bond interest back at 2 and 3%, how in the hell is it going to pay it back at 8 9 or 10%? Good luck. First, when it gets to 10%, the, the capital value of that bond is going to be severely decreased in value. So you have capital loss. Two, you might have to wait years. And what happens if the bond is worthless one day? There was lots of bonds, plenty of bonds written off in 2008, 9, and 10, whether they were corporate, junk, or sovereign bonds. Some of them went to zero. Some of them recovered, but it took 10 years. Who wants to wait 10 years to get your money back? That's why you pivot. So what's happening in Europe right now is exactly what happened in 2007, only it's 10 times worse. Why? Because they can't lower interest rate in a interest hike rate environment because they have to stop inflation. So now interest rates are spiking, like they're going through the roof when compared to France. So Greece and Italy rates have gone through the roof. They're double, triple, and even quadruple Greece and Italy bond rates are, interest that they pay on their sovereign debt over several countries, including like France or Ireland and others. And there's Spain and Portugal, which are substantially lower by a half, which means Greece and Italy, which fell first in 2007, late seven, early eight, and became an absolute pandemic. It's called a debt pandemic, not a virus, but a debt. And it went global. So now what we're seeing is exactly the same formula. Only difference is it's 10 times worse. Why? Well, there's 10 times more debt, give or take. There's interest rates that haven't been seen going up to the numbers we're talking about for over 40 years, and they may actually supersede those numbers. Inflation is running so hot right now. In the words of some recent uh, Federal Reserve or people that are close to Federal Reserve, uh, kind of what well, we'll call it the um, uh, mic, if you will. In other words, people that are in the know, uh, they're saying that you can't get ahead of this. Like the Federal Reserve is, is privately and quietly saying, uh, you know, it's SOL, guys. We are we are basically going to try to catch a tiger by the tail. Only problem is the tiger has already left the zoo. It's gone. So good luck trying to find it, let alone trying to grab it by the tail. So now we got, we've got 10-year 10, 10 sovereign bond yields long-term have just absolutely gone through the roof, which means the quality of the debt now is being questioned, which means it could be a, a default-type debt, and you've got sovereign wealth over in Europe on these countries because that's why rates go up. It's when investors ask and demand. They ask first for good quality bonds. They demand higher rates if the bonds are questionable. In other words, they're like, mm, there might be a little risk here, so you're going to have to pay us more interest for us to want to own or to buy that debt. And the current debt, which they may not even want to buy more, mind you. Listen to me carefully. This is current debt. So if the current debt is already coming into question and you can't stop the contagious overwhelming fear of the debt, how the hell are you going to sell more debt? And if you do, you're going to be paying through the nose of 8, 9, 10%. And if you can't pay 2% debt back, 3%, 4% interest rates, again, how do you pay 9 or 10%? So the Eurozone myth is that all Eurozone sovereign debt has no risk. 
Okay, that's the myth. That's been around now for, for quite a while. If it did, and that myth lasted for years, the yield on all Eurozone sovereign bonds would be the same. They're not. In fact, in 2015, when Greece's 10-year bonds exploded to nearly 30%, and ECB President Mario Draghi, now Italy's prime minister, gave a speech announcing, we will do whatever it takes to save the euro. And believe me, it will be enough. After the announcement, yield spreads plunge, right? The spreads on the yields plunge, which is something that should have happened because it gave a reinforcement of credible understanding that they will take care of the bonds of the sovereign governments, whether it was Italy or Portugal, Spain, France, whatever, it doesn't matter. He was saying, I will make sure that the sovereign debt and the spreads of which that are paid on each of the debt of the various countries is solid. You will get paid. You won't have to worry. Now, seriously, what's happening? The threat alone was somehow sufficient. Draghi restored faith in what? Peripheral debt. Got it. Now, let's fast forward seven years. Here we go. So the euro itself is fundamentally flawed. There is no interest rate policy that makes sense for Greece, Spain, Italy, or Germany. The sovereign debt risk is not the same, and anyone with an ounce of common sense understands that. That's, that's like that's, that's business 101. If you have no central monetary policy, in other words, you don't have a, a book, right? We all, like take a football team, let's take a basketball team, we have a playbook. All right, we'll go, you know, it, in football, you have running, you have passing. You have short and you have long passes. You have right and left. You have a playbook, okay? And when you run a play, everybody on the team knows when you say right, center, left, that might be right side strong, left side weak, and then the quarterback does whatever he does and passes to whoever, the weak or the, left, or the, or the right strong side. The problem that you have now is, and this is, this is where it goes back to the fundamentals, there's nobody in charge. You have a bunch of people at the top that are saying, well, we're just going to kind of what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to do this thing kind of a day by day seat of our pants. We don't really need a playbook because it's not going to happen again. See, the myth is that the eurozone is a unified sovereign government. In other words, individual countries adhere to what they call the Brussels standard of governorship, right? Brussels is kind of the administrator of the eurozone. So, they look at it as a uniformed and a, and a unified front. The problem is each country independently runs its own fiscal policies. And some of them stay within the guidelines. And there are guidelines. And there are some rules and regulations to stay within a, a certain limitations where your debt doesn't exceed your GDP by about 3% or less. Well, that's the understanding. But when it does exceed, there's no playbook. It's like, well, what do we do when they don't adhere to the understanding that we've all made for the last 15, 20 years. Well, guess what? Since some of them have a higher level of socialism, in other words, they pay out more, tax more, pay out more to people not to work or to subsidize work and have three-day work day, weeks instead of five-day or four-day, they're obligated to pay out more money as a portion of the GDP, which doesn't necessarily translate back into economic stimulus or economic growth. That's the bad part. So this is not compatible with quantitative tightening or rising yields. So for the second time, ECB presidents have to come to the rescue of Greece, Spain, Italy, and Portugal. There's, there's a lot of money these countries owe. Now, they owed a lot in 2008. They were able to get it under control by 2010, 2011. It wasn't easy. 
there was a lot of austerity that was put into place, which is basically limitations on government spending. Pensions were destroyed. Uh, budgets were slashed. People that were dependent upon either pensions, Social Security type payouts for the elderly in Europe slashed, slashed, slashed. So some people who are getting, let's say, as an example, two thousand a month from the government are going to get three hundred dollars a month. It was that bad in some cases, especially in Greece. It was literally half the country of Greece worked for the government and they slashed it. Don't think that can't come here because it's coming. Remember subprime loans. Well, guess what? They're back and they're now starting to default. So for the second time, again, the ECB presidents have no way of playbook standardized to deal with this. In other words, I don't know what to do. What do you do when the airplane loses an engine? Well, there's one engine left. Okay, well, what do we do? Do we feather back? Do we extinguish the, the fire in the engine? Cue with the other one. What's the limitations to the ratio of, of descent versus uh, forward motion with the power of that? Nobody knows. They have no playbook. So controlling the spreads is going to be nearly impossible to pull off without some type of quantitative easing almost, but you can't ease. Quantitative easing is when they inject cash or lower interest rates into an economy to stimulate the growth or to stimulate cash liquidity. How are you going to do that when you have 15, 20, 25% inflation? In fact, inflation is running so hard right now, it's 70% in Hungary. It's over 100%, give or take, plus or minus in Turkey. You understand that? These are countries that do direct business with all Eastern and Western European countries. So if their inflation is running that hot and they're importing or exporting, that means the inflation numbers have to be closer to be consistent with those countries than just a 15%. Maybe they're not quite that high in Germany. Maybe they're not that high in Spain. But there's some kind of relationship and that will spill over here. In fact, it's already happening here. So basically at the end of the day, we're seeing another Eurozone sovereign debt crisis, and it's brewing now, and very few people see it. In fact, when I, I was talking to some fairly significant and high up people within the, the financial community, we'll say, that are saying, yes, we kind of got to look at this. And when we talked about it, and, and they actually on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, you know, for the, doing the show here, many of them were starting to dig deep, and they were exceedingly alarmed uh, because the numbers of the increase in the sovereign rates. In other words, the sovereign debt has a rate, have skyrocketed, and it was up substantially multiples. So what they're saying is the end of the 40-year bull market in debt and a global depression is now a real threat. Let me repeat that to you. The bull market in bonds is over. With that, Danielle DiMartino Booth sees a global depression threat, imminent threat in Western and Eastern Europe spilling over into the rest of the world. This is not something that's going to just go away in a couple months by liquid, putting liquidity in banks. That, that You can't. You cannot put any more money in the economy. It's nearly impossible, okay, nearly impossible to take 125 years worth of fossil fuel dependency and use, especially when it's integrated into every part and aspect of life. In other words, the way of which we maintain life, every category, and then to automatically flip it on its head and try to do what's done in 120 years in five years, seven years. My understanding, California wants to 
have 35% of all cars on the road in California electric by 2025. Well, that's less than three years from now. I don't know if that's possible. And I don't know if anybody can afford an eighty-five dollars to $100,000 car. An average, electric cars average between eighty dollars and $100,000. But if they can do it, yes, it would be great. And I'm sure it'll be cleaner air. But the consequences and the costs of that on the middle class is going to be horrific in that period of time. Because I don't know of a lot of single moms making $40,000 year that's going to stroke a check for eighty dollars to $100,000. See, this is also part of the problem. So you have one, over-stimulus of cash, a collapsing currency market around the world, Three, you have an imminent integration of renewable green energy that should take around 20 to 25 years. This way, it would not have harmful consequences on the middle class around the world and developing nations. So now we're seeing a massive credit crisis in Europe unfolding, which of likes we've not seen in almost, what, 16 years almost, 15 and a half years. So now we're experiencing 2008, but way worse, multiples worse, because why? Banks are not going to be able to inject liquidity through their Federal Reserves or their central banks. Why? Because they're raising rates. When you raise rates, you bring back that cash. And to top all this off, this is the best part. I'm going to save the best for last. We're going to go to a commercial break. And when I come back, you'll you're not like what I have to say, but at least you'll be educated and, and you'll be able to make wise decisions from it. So we'll be right back. Now listen to our sponsors. Remember, nobody sells precious metals and rare coins cheaper than we do. So call us when you're ready because you're going to need some of this as I continue. When we get back from this commercial break, I'm going to tell you why you need it more than ever. Stay tuned. If you've got a collection of precious metals and United States or world rare coins, call one of our account executives at Hard Asset Management, the world's rare coin and precious metals dealer, and they'll be happy to give you a free evaluation and appraisal on the value. And we can give you guidance on any recommendations that you may need. Free shipping on all precious metals and rare coins orders. 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. All right, welcome back. So today we're talking again about what's going on in Europe, and it's bad. When, I, when I've tried to express some of the challenges that central banks have with trying to create economies where the equalization is for everybody, and I'm going to say equalization, it's where you try to make all things equal for all people. That's, that's highly impossible because I'm not going to be able to shoot hoops as good as some some people or, or play hockey. There's others who can't do certain things, limitations physically or mentally. It's okay. We're all different. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's what makes it so beautiful to have diversity and, and differences among people and opinions. And all that is, is great. But when you try to equalize all things for all people and standardize the same thing as if it's utopia, it doesn't work. And they do that through socialism or debt stimulus okay so debt stimulus is stimulating an economy with debt because the organic commercial viability of businesses can't sustain the type of entitlements or welfare or um, social services if you will through the taxation so they create more debt they sell bonds and then they influx that cash into the economy to offset the lack of revenues to give those entitlements uh, or over overspending or increasing pensions where it's just not affordable. Well, it's happening again, but this time it's 100 times worse. Since 1981, we have not seen inflation like this. In fact, 
we have been in a deflationary period for 40 plus years. So now we have this massive inflation. We've got massive amounts of credit issues. In other words, people have adjustable mortgages there, here, everywhere. People bought a lot of homes in the last 36, 48 months. I hate to say this, but a big chunk of that was on adjustables. A lot of cash. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of buyers out there that are all cash. Those are the big players. But when you look at that half million dollar guy to two or three million dollar guy on his homes or his properties, a lot of that was financed. Not a bad thing as long as you lock in a rate that you know you can live with and, and be able to make those payments over a course of 5, 10, 20, even 30 years. To believe that we're going to sit there forever, and I mean forever, have near zero interest rates is foolish, naive, and unintelligent to think that way. You have to have some measure of spreads in the interest rate market to create value for banks and to make sure an economy doesn't get overheated. It's basically the conservative side of fiscal policy. And we don't have that. We had liberal policies that literally, and I'm not going to point blame at even the current administration. There's plenty of Republican administrations uh, that have done it. Both sides of the aisle are guilty of this. The problem that you have is this current one is even more loose on that fiscal policy and is creating havoc. Europe is massively liberal when it comes to fiscal policy, believing that you can print your way to prosperity and that debt is good. Debt is not good, and if you have too much debt, you're a slave to debt, and financial stress and anxiety is as bad as it gets. So why not pivot now? If you got money in the stock market, take a look at that. If it doesn't have any kind of short-term needs, maybe you keep it. But I can tell you this. What we're seeing right now in Europe, and the statistic that we're coming kind of to light here in the last, let's say call it a week or two weeks, is horrific. So now we have... Literally, Europe, which is now finding itself in the midst of a massive credit crunch, we're finding that the amount of interest rates or the interest on debt that investors or buyers of that sovereign debt are demanding has skyrocketed because they're scared, they're spooked. Economics are showing they're slowing down fast. Mortgage applications hit a 22-year low this week. 22-year low. Not two years and two months, a 22-year low. Markets around the United States are seeing declines in listing prices and sellers dropping prices 10, 20, 30% on a house just to try to move it. And we're at five plus mortgage rates, five and a quarter, five and a half, depending upon the jumbo or regular, conventional, FHA, whatever it may be, somewhere between five and five and a half percent. If we're seeing upwards of 30% drop in home values at that, what do you think is going to happen when it hits 9% mortgages? Yeah, good luck. Good luck. For a year, I've been saying that this real estate market looks a little too strong. It doesn't make sense. How do you have a market go up 40 50%, 100% over the last two or three years in some areas of the U.S., it's not, it's not rational behavior of a normal economic cycle. This was an overwhelming stimulus through debt economy driven literally by the unprecedented printing of dollars, euros, yens, pounds, you name it, it happened. So now the consequences are here. So as we move forward, and there's going to, I, I, I got to tell you something, this is, and I'm nervous, like I'm nervous for the people who aren't 
ready for this. See, I've said this before, many of y'all listening, the thousands of people that were now listening to our show, we're very grateful for that. We have actually tens of thousands now, so I'm very grateful for that. <clears throat> I've said this before. More people spend time worrying about a three-week vacation, two weeks, one week, whatever it is. Because in Europe, they take the whole month of, of uh, August off. So I'm kind of talking to some of the Europeans as well as here some of the people in America. And they spend you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks planning a one-week vacation or a two-week or three-week vacation like in Europe. And they spend very little, if any, time on wealth preservation. If it, if it is so easy to make money, it should be so easy to keep it to make investments that otherwise are minimal risk and high reward. But that's not the case. You gotta study the markets. You gotta understand that the 1% of the world, which has half the wealth, they're not necessarily always in the same investment forever. They pivot. And that pivoting is through two different directions. One, you can diversify so you maintain the consistency of a percentage in stocks, bonds, real estate, and precious metals and rare coins. That is a perfectly balanced, long-term investment portfolio. It really is. Now, the assets in each of those classes, you wanna make sure are the very best of the best, but as a whole, kind of like a macro picture, that's great. And then there's another great way. A lot of people will pick reasonable profit levels. In other words, you can't pick the top, you can't pick the bottom, that's impossible. And anyone who tells you they can is full of shit. The Hard Asset Money Show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. The world is in crisis, with political unrest and financially unstable countries trying to print their way to prosperity by taking on trillions of dollars of new debt. It's incredibly concerning. That's why you need to own gold as a hedge. So call today to receive the free hard asset information kit on how easy it is to purchase and own gold. Just since 2000, gold is up 500% while the dollar is down 33%. With many gold experts predicting gold can surge up to $25,000 an ounce, now is the time to buy gold. Hard Asset Management is a trusted leader in precious metals and rare coins for nearly 40 years. We have the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, expedited shipping, with award-winning customer service available 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. CST, Monday through Friday. Gold was up 25% last year, easily beating the S&P 500, an incredible return for any investor. Recently, with China, Russia, and Poland buying record levels of gold, now is the time for you to own gold. Are you truly diversified in your long-term portfolio to weather any storm? Call now or go to our website at bmcham.com and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own gold. 844-426-4653. If the markets, like for example, 17,000 on the Dow, we hit 33,000, 34, 35,000. That's a reasonable return in four or five years. Time to take a little bit of money off the table. Hardest thing in the world is not investing, not picking winners, but taking a profit. Greed is tough. And when you look at some areas of your investing, and this, this is my opinion, I have no security license. I'm not a, a paid professional when it comes to, to recommending things like that. I'm just doing this from my own opinion and my own experience. And that is real simple. And I mean really simple. Look at the markets. When you see real estate double and triple in less than five years, scratch your head and go, can that continue? Is there that much money and that many people out there that can afford a $4 million home today when it was a million dollars five years ago? Is it going to go to $12 million and they can still afford it? Think about that. Think about that for a second. Oh, hell no. Hell no, they can't. So you have to be reasonable in your expectations 
of when to move from one asset class to the other. Many people pivot. There's nothing wrong. That's a great opportunity to move from one profit center to another profit center. An asset that hasn't moved up as nearly as much, that is more likely to move up in times of uncertainty or economic downturns like precious metals and rare coins, it's a no-brainer. Diversify or pivot. But do something. If you're not one or the other, you're going to lose. You're going to give back. A lot of those those profits or a lot of things that you were otherwise up on. So we've got problems in Europe. We have a credit crunch that's coming to the U.S. Real estate's already dropping. Bonds are dropping. Equities are dropping. Precious metals and rare coins right now is the play. Diversify. We're looking at something that could last for three, five, six years like it did. From 2000, late 2007 to early 2008, we started to see the fairly significant declines. The big decline or the big crash started in September, October of, of 08, and from there it was downhill, and it lasted for years. We really didn't get back on our feet till what, 2014, 2015, in a big way. But from 08 till like literally 2013, 2014 at the early stages, we were just starting to recover. Well, gold, silver, precious metals, rare coins went up 200, 300. I saw coins go up 400, 500% during that five, six, seven year period. Why? Well, because that's where the wealth pivoted to. See, the, the truth wealthiest people in the world are not greedy. See, they're really not. The greed is in the people that try to pick the bottom and pick the top. In other words, you won't go broke taking a profit. I have yet to see anybody. I haven't met that person yet. So if there's anybody out there that has gone broke every time they've taken a profit, call me. I'm going to put you on the show because right now you're a unicorn. And what I'm telling people right now is do not get greedy. Be sufficiently rewarded for the hard work of making it and be excited about the profit and the pivoting or the diversification that you need to do in times like this. I'm Christian Briggs, the host of the Hard Asset Money Show. We'll have another show in about 24 hours on crypto. And we're going to be talking about not necessarily what is crypto, but what is blockchain and why it should make you nervous from a digital currency perspective, and it's a very, very in-depth conversation that we'll be having. Something of which is going to be so detailed that I wanna make it clear that the digital dollar, it's coming, the world sovereignty currency, or the one world currency that's digital is coming, and it's gonna be interesting. So stand by on that, we'll have that for you here in a few days, but Right now, we have problems in Europe. It's spreading to the U.S. It's spreading to South America. And it to literally be 2008 times 10 in a matter of months. So watch out. Have a great night. 